Anya, thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. So we connected on LinkedIn after I saw some of your very encouraging, very challenging and very empowering content. So would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone that's listening. Yes, no, thank you. Uh, so I am a health and wellness chief marketing officer and global speaker, uh, also a TED speaker and a best-selling author. Uh, my career has been, uh, I live in San Francisco, so I've been in Silicon Valley for 25 years, long time now. And uh, I'm an engineer by degree who went into product and then went into marketing. So I've got this very unique background and uh, very systems-based, which is a lot of what I post about. And uh, yeah, I've been working in digital media tech and digital health and wellness for a very, very long time. And along that journey, I've had, uh, I've built my brand over years and I have uh, been talking very publicly for a long time about having chronic health conditions and uh, and then overcoming all of those chronic health conditions as I rose in my career. And so today, you know, the way that I uh, really support people and help people is to get them rooted in getting healthy, right, mentally fit and healthy so that we can thrive in all aspects of life. And I do that through uh, my speaker series. I come to corporations and I speak about this and at conferences. And I also work with people one-on-one -on -one from a uh, personal branding perspective uh, and also in, with health and wellness CEOs on their you know, brand strategy and, and their marketing as well on a consulting basis. So I kind of brought these worlds you know, of, of health and wellness, that love of health and wellness together with my marketing career, which has been really, um, really joyful to me. When was the first time you saw the opportunity to bring those two things together? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I've had health issues since I was three years old. And so you know how sometimes that lesson keeps repeating yourself of things you're supposed to do, but you're not listening. So I would say yeah. like <laughs> a very long time ago, that lesson was in my ear like, Sonia, you know, your 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 whole world is kind of entangled in uh, this journey to health. Mm. but it doesn't just affect your personal life. It affects all areas of your life, especially your work, right? Mm. And so um, in 2008 was when I had this very emergent uh, health you know, issue where I was in the ER, almost dead for the fourth time in anaphylaxis because of my severe food allergies. And it was after I healed from that in 2010, I basically said to myself, like just everything's got to change and I need to, uh, you know, I don't have just like a work life and a play life. I just have life. Mm. Right. And there are no resources in the workplace to really help you with, you know, stress and anxiety and worry and burnout, all of which also affected the chronic conditions I had. So that's kind of when I would say in 2010 is when I, you know, started this journey to bring all of that, you know, together. And I also kind of took my health journey on social media and I started to share with everybody just what I was doing and how I was thinking about it, how I was going about it in a systematic approach, which is like what I did at work. 
And, uh, and over time, you know, that, that brand and that message of what I was doing really resonated with people and started to grow. So was it it's scary the first time you started to take it, take it and share it with people, your journey? Yeah. So I would say like back, it's probably been 13 years now that I've really been doing that publicly. Mm. Yeah. I can say that I actually improved my health publicly, (laughs) you know, and, and it was amazing because I had people interacting with me, talking to me, right. About the problems and the issues they were going through and how they were, uh, and how it also affected their work life. Right. And, and kind of sharing these stories of what are the things that we can do. So as you were saying, you know, on LinkedIn, I write a lot about, you know, actionable tips on how we can get mentally fit on how we can eat nourishingly right to start thriving and what i call activating this harmony between our health our life and our work Mm, that's really good that's really really good you mentioned that it had some impacts on your work life what were the kinds of ways that it was impacting you yeah you know um at that time I would say like before I went on this journey, I, I was never really advocating for my health and just like needing time to focus on that as well and focus on mental health. So it was always a world of like, do more, do more, be more, be more, right? And so from a cultural perspective, there's a ton of stress, which led to chronic stress, worry and anxiety. Um, I approached burnout and I burned out. And, uh, you know, the culture didn't really promote kind of taking some time to focus even on, say, a a daily workout, right? It was always like, go and do that on your own time, but you need to be here for 12, 14 hours, right? So that's all changing now. COVID really kind of split this, you know, future of work open. Um, And as we all see that everybody is so stressed chronically, and approaching burned out, burnout or burned out already, they have physical health issues. And employers now have to listen. They have to start addressing it because otherwise what's going to happen in, in the next five years, 50% of a company's employees will absolutely be sick. And the healthcare cost to the organization is just not going to be, um, you know, they're not going to be able to sustain it. So people like myself who are out there and working with, you know, organizations to say, let's kind of get everyone rooted in this foundation of health and wellness so that they can really kind of take care of themselves first and foremost, you know, to be able to be their best and bring their best self to work, be productive, perform, right? And 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 really just prosper in, in career and in life. It's really important work. I, I couldn't agree more because it's such a such a win-win situation. Right? So when a company does that and puts that as a priority, the people are going to be healthier, they're going to be happier. When you're healthier and you're happier, you bring a much better version of yourself to work, which leads to much better work, much better collaboration, which leads to the company doing well. And I think this is what I think in the past, it seemed a bit like a win-lose in, in a company's mind. You know, we're losing out on productivity, we're losing out on money, and the employee is winning, but really it's actually a win-win. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when somebody is not well, thinking that you could get even more out of them, right? It just doesn't make sense, right? If you even think about that statement, it just doesn't make sense. So the best thing that leaders can do 
is to stop pe treating people like transactions, start treating people like humans, mm. right? And, and uh, remove this also kind of power situation between leaders and employees and treat each other as human beings so that, you know, we all, we all have, what I say, problems, wants, needs, and desires. And if we're working in an organization, collectively, we're all working toward the same thing to better our, ourselves and, and to better the products and services that we're selling and to improve, you know, grow the business. So, you know, why not take that time to, to really kind of help each other out, right, from a human to human perspective and really understand, you know, those needs from a health and well-being perspective and, and start removing obstacles for people to, to get there, right? That's what I believe a leader should do. As, as a chief marketing officer, that's how I run my teams. Um, and when they need breaks, they need breaks. I don't ask any questions, you know, go take your time. You're an adult, you know, you don't have to, uh, you know, keep asking me for permission. You have to give yourself permission to take the yeah. break. Exactly. Have you, have you ever had a time where that approach has backfired or has it generally worked pretty well for you? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's very interesting. My, my style, and, and I have to say, I'm also certified as an integrative health coach. Okay. So this, this world of like treating each other as human beings, you know, many, many people on my teams have been uh, in a state of unhealthiness, whether it was physically or, or mentally. And I chose to run my teams my way, which doesn't, you know, and hasn't uh, connected with how the corporation runs because the culture is not there, mm. right? Um, but again, I mean, I went through it. So even though I was, you know, the executive, I was also the person who was sick mm. and I saw that nobody was helping me. Nobody could see me. And also as a woman of color, no one can see me and relate to me and hear my needs. And I had an incredible health transformation where I got rid of all my food allergies, but I really did that on my own and kind of mm. on my own time. So I decided then is like, I, this is how I want to help people. This is how I want to help anybody who's on my team, you know, who's working with me. And, uh, and so it has really, really benefited and worked well for my teams. But I think now the rest of like the executive leadership is just starting to get there and see it. And we're not even there. We're just at the precipice of workplace well-being here in the U.S., uh, and it will definitely, definitely take some time. So I, I love talking to people who are kind of working in America and living in that culture. So I think for me, American culture has been something that's been quite important to me over the years. So I'm, I'm a basketball player, loved basketball, lived in America for a year. I think, to be honest, what probably stopped me from moving to America was in England, we get at least 25 days of holiday a year. And in America, you guys get like 10, 14 something that I can't even fathom in terms of a time <laughs> of holiday. So it's really interesting to hear kind of your thoughts. Do you feel like there's quite a big shift happening in terms of American work culture? Because you guys have a big hustle culture. We do, we do. Uh, you know, we, we promote that very heavily here in Silicon Valley. Uh, it's all backfired and it is, it is a big subject for change. Is it changing? I think that it is very, very, very slowly 
changing. Uh, it's a lot of lip service, a lot of people talking about it, uh, not enough doing is, is, you know, and that's why, you know, there are, again, people like myself who are out there doing it now, right? So I always say to people, don't wait for your corporation to have all of these kinds of benefits and this and that and that. If you are not well, then you, you know, need to get empowered and, and start taking care of yourself. Well, how do you do that? Obviously, yes, you can work with someone like myself who does this for a living, right? And who's been through her own health transformation. Or, you know, you can go down a path of doing your research, right? And, mm -hmm. and um, building your own systems on how to do it. But, you know, all of the data, especially after COVID, that is showing, you know, a third of Americans in the United States have chronic health conditions, a third, over 133 million people. And what I say to CEOs is, that's not some other group. Yeah. Those are the people who work at your company, yeah. right? So this is why we, I say that it's, it's, we, the data's there and it's still growing and we're just at the precipice of like really understanding the effects. But we also see it because many people in the last three years approach that place of burnout, approach that place where chronic stress just um, had them so unhealthy that they, that they couldn't even like move, right? And so they quit. They left their jobs and they said, I have got to go figure this out and I've just got to take a break, right? So we had everything from the great resignation, you know, to quiet quitting and on and on and on. Um, and because the workplace is slow to this, many people are now becoming entrepreneurs, which I think is super exciting. Solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. Yeah. I think that's been a really cool shift to see, especially on LinkedIn. So I've been, I've been paying more attention to LinkedIn and just seeing how many people are really making that shift, figuring things out for themselves, doing their own creation. I think that's been a really, really cool shift. I think what I would say about America is that like, for me, I've always loved the competitive nature of America. And I feel like it's kind of, how do you get that in balance? Because America has done a lot of great things. And like, if, even if you just look at sports, America dominates so much because of that competitive hard work, but it's how do you balance that with then rest and actually wholeness and really understanding mental health. So it's been a really interesting journey to, to see. Yeah, you know, we don't have what I call formal health and well-being literacy in the United States. Mm -hmm. So once upon a time when we're young, we have health class and like, that's it, the end. Okay. So, you know, after that, if, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to deal with some kind of health issue, right, in your life. Mm -hmm. And you now have two choices. Either you let it get to the point of crisis, and that's when most people take action, or it becomes about like preventative Right. So so just from a from a foundational standpoint, the fact that we don't teach people at a young age onward about mental whole body health, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. Right. Is a huge, huge gap that needs to be filled. Um, and and for me, the way I help to fill that is by writing books. Right. By speaking, um, by creating actionable steps that people can take to get empowered right, around their own health. But it's a really big problem here. Um, 
that that I think will take a long time to solve. But there are incredible, you know, innovations and startups and companies out there that are focusing on certain problems within that chain, right? Which I think is a really exciting time for. So in your time traveling with speaking, what would you say are some of the countries that you've seen that have a high literacy in terms of what you're talking about? Uh, well, so last summer, spent a month in France, okay. and you know they have a very high literacy around food and nutrition. Mm -hmm. Just the way they also have labeling from the uh, the ABCD, right? You know, you know about this. So, uh, and that's something very basic that we just don't have in the United States. I mean, the labels here will will give you like 10 headaches because you can't understand <laughs> you know and and somehow they're improved from 20 years ago but they're still mm. just as bad and uh so so that you know country promotes uh public transportation and walking right mm. so you see a lot of people taking the subway to get from one place to another and then they're walking uh everything is markets and farm to you know, fork, farm to the plate. So uh, it's just built into the culture, but yet they eat the things that here in the United States we find as bad, like bread, bread cheese, yeah. carbs, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. And how they grow the food is also very different. So France, you know, is an incredible example. My parents are from India and they grew up you know, farm to table. And what that meant for them was they either went to the market every day. In India, you go to the market every day or the market comes to your house. There are, you know, mm -hmm. purveyors that um, have a big basket of vegetables, fruits, meats, whatever, and they come into your house and they ask you how much you want and you buy mm -hmm. and then you they go off to the next home. So that was very farm to table. It was coming here in the US where my mother saw her first, you know, large supermarket. Yeah. And couldn't believe that there's all this packaged up, boxed, canned food. So there are definitely, you know, countries that have been doing this for generations and generations. Um, our mindset has to shift. And what I always say is, and, and this related a lot to my health journey, right? So with when you have chronic health conditions like severe food allergies, you have to, you can, your brain can't turn off. Because every time you put food into your body, you have to think, like, is this safe for me, right? Mm. And so your mind is constantly, like, going, going, going. It doesn't really get rest. Mm. And so, you know, here, if we started to really change those procedures, um, so there's kind of, like, the public policy that needs to change. There's the big corporations that need to change. So what I always focused on was, so how does somebody live on a daily basis while all of that has to happen, right? Yeah. And that's why I focused, right, my world and my business in this area of like kind of consultative and, and coaching as well to say, don't worry about your corporation helping you get healthy. They will figure it out at some point, but let's get you empowered to start mm. taking steps yourself. Mm. That's really good. That's really good because there are so many small practical things that we can do while the bigger macro things are changing. And that's so important. Yeah. I'm really sorry. My laptop is not plugged in. So it's very unprofessional. <laughs> Give me one second. How is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs>
It's probably like counting down. Sorry. How do you feel so far? All good? Yeah, yeah, great. Good. Yeah, you're doing really well. Thank you. Cool. So you mentioned that you're a CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. I'd love to know a bit about your journey from kind of when you started your career to getting into leadership. Yes. Uh... So I briefly mentioned, so I'm an engineer by degree and I am an engineer and uh, I can nerd out. So I did a civil and environmental engineering. um, Yeah. In college. And I came out to Silicon Valley with a startup back in the day. And so I was coding originally. And then I moved into product management for a short time before moving into marketing and I will say that I designed my career on purpose this way. I always had a vision to get to, you know, an executive level. And I felt that having a 360 degree view of how business, right, comes together Mm -hmm. from the, the creation and the development to working with customers, to understanding requirements, to then, um, you know, thinking of innovative ways to sell products, right? And market them. So it was very uh, intentionally crafted for for a long time. And then I was very lucky to, to, you know, have experience at large corporations to startups. Um, So that was something, again, I, I wanted that kind of flavor of, you know, like, few people in a company growing something from an idea into something scalable to how large corporations like, you know, Oracle and Apple, how they do things. So, uh, yeah, it's been a very incredible, you know, career. And the marketing side is just such a natural fit to me because I have a very, you know, strong skill set of relationship building, you know, really digging into, again, people's problems, wants, needs, desires. And in a very authentic and humanized way, right? Taking these technical concepts and and explaining them and uh, bringing people into our process, right? Our product development or our marketing process. So uh, it's been it's been an incredible career, and and now kind of in this next stage, right? Now I run my own business, and uh, so I work with individuals on kind of that personal branding for this new future of work. And I work with uh, a lot of health and wellness companies, founders, CEOs that are building these innovative things in an industry that I love, health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out, right, like, so how do we build a community? How do we build mm-hmm. a customer base, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and kind of that tight skill set for me is really figuring out, like, who the market is, what do mm-hmm. they want, and then mm-hmm. how do we sell into it? Right. It's kind of that trifecta. And and so everything that I 
I always say everything I do in life is marketing, whether it's my social media or anything I do on LinkedIn, it's because I've got that core mm. skill set. Uh, and, and I love it. You know, I love, um, my work. I love helping people, you know, in these ways. And at this point, right, I've been working for 25 years. I have so much experience, uh, mm. that I can share. And as you know, marketing has just, it, it almost evolves now year over year over year. Yeah. So you really have to stay on top of all the technologies and the innovations. Like, chat gpt and everything else that's to come. Um, ai yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when um when did you start leading people in your career because going from coding so i used to code back in the day and you just kind of sit in your box do your coding you don't have that much interaction so when did you start leading people yeah it was at the time uh when i went into product management okay. so it was kind of early on you know i would say and yes i was once upon a time one of the like the 10 engineers in a small tiny room with like no air yeah. conditioner and we're, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're all like at a computer and i was yeah. the only you know woman and i was like what am i doing in here yeah. uh yeah so so uh there was a company that i worked at that felt that you know from a personality perspective i'm i'm very much an extrovert that uh i would be a good fit to work with customers and and they kind of um you know helped me you know kind of come into that role of product management which i did love and uh you know really kind of talking to people about the fact that the engineers are building this but what we want is this so how do we bridge that gap right yeah 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 okay. so and again those lessons and those learnings from engineering to marketing it kept coming up over and over and over in health and wellness. And, mm. and what I mean by that is in 2008, I was saying I had this like fourth anaphylaxis. And so once I, my body was healed, I started what became a 10 year journey to transform my health mm. and, and everything really in my life. And the way I did it was by treating myself as the product and putting together just like we do in business and just like i was doing at the time in my own job it was a strategy a vision a mission right mm -hmm. and it was a set of um actions that i took to go from current state to optimal state and then i was putting actions into place and i was testing and i was tracking data and i was tweaking the entire thing until i hit my desired outcome so I, this is again, how I kind of pulled my worlds together, uh, to take like my day job to actually overcome chronic health conditions, which is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Did, <laughs> yeah. Did but you know it worked. Take 10 years or was that? So I say 10 years because, um, in at the 10th year and we test, we tested every year, but at the 10th year, we saw that all my allergies were gone. So there's definitely improvements, you know, mm. early on, but in that 10th year and, and, you know, I didn't even know that that could have happened. So, mm. so, you know, it was really 10 years later that all my allergies were gone. And now I'm three years in remission, as they say, wow. I was not gone wood when I <laughs> yeah. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and what does emotional intelligence mean to you? Uh, emotional intelligence to me is, 
is so much about listening and really seeing and hearing and recognizing, you know, other beautiful human beings for all of the uh, experience and the background uh, and the value that they bring and learning from that, right? Being very curious about every single person you meet. There's no hierarchy at all, right? There's no ego. So, but it's being very curious. I mean, we had only even recently met, right? And from that first conversation, um, we are just learning about each other, right? Mm. And, uh, and so that's what emotional intelligence is to me. And if we're all able to do that, especially in the workplace, could you imagine what beautiful cultures that we could create? Safe, you mm. know, learning cultures of curiosity. Mm. Um, it's, it's not hard, but yet it is. But if you work on this every day, if you believe in it and you work on it, we absolutely can get there. So someone said once, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. So like when yeah. you think about it, it's, it's simple, you know, yeah. but doing that day to day, every day, lots of interactions, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Yes. My, my quote is, you know, small daily steps for big transformation. So you just take a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time on a daily basis, you'll get there. I would love to know a bit about where you feel like what's impacted you in terms of learning leadership. Have you had good leaders? Have you had bad leaders throughout? You've had quite a, a varied career. So what is it that you've taken from different bits of people? Yeah, um, I've had more terrible and toxic leaders. Oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Career. I know. <laughs> uh, then, then I have, I mean, I literally can probably pick out one or two like people that that were my boss that were amazing and and there's some you know key things I learned right which I started to put into place when I became a leader and again the biggest one was just uh there was no ego there's no hierarchy where where two people working together um with varied uh backgrounds and experiences toward a common goal right mm -hmm. and and earlier in my career I needed guidance on, you know, the first time that I started managing other people, like I don't look at it as a manager. If if you go from an individual contributor and then now you have a team of people, you are a leader. In the US, we call them managers and then we call executives leaders, right? But to me, that doesn't make sense. So the first time you start taking responsibility for people, you're a leader. And so not only are you responsible for probably more work and a profit and loss and, and you know, tasks, but I believe you're responsible for their well-being, right? Mm -hmm. And so not having that, but just having like one or two people in my career who believed that and they showed that to me, um, both of, by the way, who were women, so uh, that was incredible for me to want to say, yeah, like I feel, you know, I feel great coming into the workplace. I feel seen and heard and recognized. Um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a different world for, you know, our BIPOC communities, our black indigenous and people of color communities. Mm -hmm. So in the workplace, so it's, it was really important for me to give that back um, but yeah, it's, it's been a tough road, a ton of toxicity, 
mm-hmm. you know, that that I've seen in my career that I said, this is exactly like what I don't want don't to want do. To. Yeah. You know how they have uh, like the eat this, don't eat that. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. do this, don't do that. <laughs> don't do it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had that list. I literally like had this list that I was like, don't do this, but do this. <laughs> so what was your like top three for the don't do's list? Uh, don't, um, like have power over other people. Okay. Right. Um, I think that, uh, don't bring ego into anything, whether it's your, it's your life or the workplace or anything like that. Um, and, uh, gosh, a third one, uh, don't treat people as transactions. They're not, you know, in any business, you know, even this notion of like, you have an employee number that makes you a transaction. This mm. is really about human to human connection. I really like that. I've been thinking as you've been talking about, you know, ego and hierarchy and just wondering how that fits with, you know, what we see of nature, right? And even what we see is how humans organize ourselves and we are looking for leaders and hierarchy and different things like that. And I think for me, it's really about understanding how to not abuse that how to use you know the fact that we like hierarchy we we're hierarchical creatures in a weird way right there's the alpha male there's this there's that or the alpha not necessarily alpha male but um it's that thing of how does it work when you are that alpha person and people are looking up to you and how do you make that a bit more equal and how do you actually bring something that brings safety because I think I was watching like a documentary and it's saying about how in, in animal kingdoms, they are willing to defer to that alpha, but they also expect and they need protection, right? They need that person to provide certain things for them. So it's like this transaction in a weird way of that's what it looks like. And that's what I've been just wondering about as you've been, as you've been talking about it, about ego and hierarchy, because I agree with you you know, human to human, we should have no issues like that. But at the same time, on a grander scale, you know, that's kind of the patterns that we fall into. So I'd just be curious about your thoughts about that. Yeah, it's really great observation. Um, There's so many big questions on my mind, you know, things that I want to solve for. And one of the biggest ones is how do we create a world in which everyone thrives? Yes. Everything that I do in my life, anything you see online is, is toward that. And what, I mean, I've thought about this for so long. There's no, you know, wrong answer. There's no one answer. And one of those answers that I've come to is that I believe if we are able to guide people on their health journey from surviving mm. to thriving, mm. we will make a dent in that. And the Mm. reason I say this, and I'll kind of take you back to like my personal health story, right? So Mm. I I was diagnosed when I was three, right, with chronic conditions. And so when you're that young, obviously, your doctors run the show. My parents were immigrants. They they didn't even know people could be allergic to food. So they were like, okay, you just tell us what to do. We didn't have Mm. any power, if you will, Mm. right? Mm. And so for decades, it was just not even getting into a conversation or answering this, like, why is this happening? It was just like, stop asking questions, just do this and you'll be fine. Just do this and you'll be fine. But I wasn't fine. Mm. Right. 
I kept throughout my life, I had incident after incident in the hospital, in the emergency room until in 2008, I had to like break the chains in a sense and just say like, this is done. I'm done Mm. with Mm. this. And, you know, if I don't become empowered at this point in my life, I, I never will be. And I'll be, it's that level, it's that definition of insanity, right? You just keep yeah. doing that same thing same over thing. and over yeah. and over. Yeah. So so I think when I say like guiding people, because guiding people on a journey is about letting, hearing them and listening to them, right? You You innately know what's good for you. You just don't give yourself the permission or you don't give yourself the trust or the love mm. to mm. advocate like, well, wait a minute, I know what what's healthy and what's not healthy or what's what I should eat mm. or what I shouldn't eat, you know, or what I should, how I should treat someone in the workplace or how I shouldn't, you know, mm. but we, we don't give each other that permission. And so that's why, you know, in, in everything I do, right, it's about guiding people to help them become empowered and, and show that authentic self now to mm. the world. And mm. that, you know, automatically starts to improve your health and activate what I call this harmony between your health and your life and, and your work. Um, it's hard work, right? Mm. Because mm. we are taught, you know, our, our beliefs, habits, and patterns have been stuck, right? By what we're taught. Mm. So breaking those is, it's scary, it's not easy. But when you do, really, that's when the big transformation, you know, happens. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's so true. It's so, so true. I was wondering, do you think it is possible? And and I think actually, do you think it is possible for everybody to thrive? Do you think that's possible? Yeah, I do. Because. I agree. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Um I think if you ask people what that means to them, right, you get so many different definitions, right? And there's no wrong answer again. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely believe that we can create that world uh, and, and it will take, this is a really, really critical time in the world, right? What the last three years with COVID has done and, and every single market, uh, is at an inflection point. And it really, really is up to every individual to figure out how do they want to design their future, right? And when I work with people, I call, you know, it's personal branding, but that's the question I ask. What does your future look like, right? From a health, from a life, from a, a career perspective, right? Let's go build that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. What does your future look like for you? What is it that you would like, say, five years from now for the future? You know, I, it took me so many years to say that I am thriving and knock on wood, I am here. Mm. Like I am like truly living, you know, this is the best version of Sonia Hunt there ever has been. Mm. The most authentic, loving, Mm. like all of that, right? Thriving. And, you know, for me, the next five years and more is really about these very, very big questions, right? That affect humanity. Mm-hmm. And every single thing that I do in my life is toward helping to, to find those mm-hmm. solutions, right? Or be a part of solving all of those. 
And, uh, you know, and I have, I feel like the right expertise, the right, you know, education, the right training, I have all that kind of stuff, but yet I'm still a work in progress, like every day, right? I'm learning, I'm growing. Um, so yeah, so for the next five years, I'm really focused on, you know, solutions for the, these big issues that humanity is dealing with. And for me, that always is rooted in a foundation of health and well-being. Yeah, I think that's so true because if your health and well-being isn't there, everything else crumbles yep. and falls apart. And falls apart. Yeah. So just as we close, what's the best leadership advice that anyone's ever given you? Uh, the best leadership advice... God, I've had such terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the worst leadership advice? Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, the 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 true, like, you know, not being afraid to be you and do you mm. uh, is is just it just resonates sometimes on a daily basis, right? Mm. Because it doesn't matter what the world is doing. It doesn't matter that everyone's on threads and you're not, right? It doesn't <laughs> matter how they're doing their yeah. career, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you just have to really dream about what life you want to create. And you mm. just got to keep doing you, right? Mm. Like, mm. this vessel, is that only one you're going to get? So learn about it, love it, and figure out how it can, you know, you can, you can, water it to keep growing but just keep doing you and everything else will fall into place it really really will and again that was another lesson that it kept like swimming in my world for a very long time i just wasn't listening right i was just like what's this person <laughs> doing what's what's she doing and yeah. and then i kept having to like I, I wrote it on a little yellow sticky note and i just like put it by you know my computer and i just had to look at it a thousand mm. times a day and i was like yep mm. i'm i'm you know this is my journey it's nobody else's journey mm. i love yeah. that and i actually what you just said is give me another question so you mentioned so were you born in america or were you born in india yes. born in the u.s born in the u.s so your parents came over and what was that like growing up for you because you, know you said about being yourself and bringing your full self so, for example, I was born in Nigeria, came to England when I was two. And I kind of always seen it as being at home was like being in a little Nigerian embassy. Like the minute you step home, you've entered yeah. Nigeria. It's That's how we were brought up. So what was that like for you and your parents trying to figure out how to bring both cultures together, the culture from home, the culture they're now living in, and then you expressing both sides of that and figuring out, like, who am I? You know, it there's such a duality always in my life and uh they were they had complete different my cultures had complete different thoughts on like everything from food and nutrition to mm. health mm. right to family to work culture and and uh, to medicine so mm. it was like you know entering two different like zones right like you enter one dimension when you're at home and you're in another dimension when you leave and you go to school mm. uh and having been sick at such a young age all my life it added so much complexity right because also there was just nobody that looked like me that was sick like me mm. so it for decades i 
really, I realized this only in after 2008 was how much detriment to my mental, emotional, and spiritual health there was because of my physical health issues. And, and I was in a culture that like, you know, didn't promote therapy, didn't talk about this kind of stuff openly and so forth. And it, and it really held me back. And I had to unravel all of this. And it was that time in 2008 when I realized this was rock bottom in my life, right? Almost dying, mm. like just I had hives all over my body that didn't go away for a year. Like just everything was a mess. Mm. So from rock bottom, I had to grow and I had to start designing this way where I'm taking the, the most beautiful parts of East meets West and blending them that. together, right? Yeah. To create the world that I want, not the one yeah. that any of these people are telling me about. Uh, and that's also very, it takes a lot of courage and, and it's very difficult because you have to rewind and understand the narratives that held you back, the cultural heritage and narratives that held you back. So it, so I always say that when I was young, I felt the need to choose a side and I chose a side. I wanted to be like white American and, okay. but I wasn't right. Black hair, <laughs> brown eyes, dark skin. Like I was anything, but, and so it was absolutely, you know, a very, very difficult journey. Um, mm. But I'll say this, that in my sickness, I found purpose. And then I, I changed that. everything. I love that. And I think, I think we've all had that. Well, when I say all, I mean, so like immigrant families and different things like that, we've all had that moment of where you feel like you have to choose. And I feel like, to be honest, I feel like you probably have a few moments like that. So I remember when I had to almost choose, how am I going to tell people how to say my name, for example, because when I was younger, people couldn't say my name because it's a bit longer than what's on the screen. Um, and over time, like now I own my name. I love my name. It's a totally different thing. And I can pick different bits from whichever culture I want to and make that my own. And I yes. think that's such an important thing about what world do you want to create? Yes. Like, what world do you want to create? I think that's so important. And you can be your authentic self. Yes. And I love what you said about finding purpose in that. It's so important. Yes. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to say as a parting thought? No, just, you know, I think uh, this is such a beautiful conversation, you know, so thank you. And, uh, you know, for anybody who's out there struggling, you know, uh, just connect to me. I'd love to help, love to talk to you. Um, there are people out there, you know, that will see you and hear you and recognize you. We're obviously two of those people. So yeah, just, just, um, you know, connect on LinkedIn or on my website is information on how you can get in touch with me at soniahunt.com. And, um, yeah. And I think also like, you know, I, the book that I wrote was for me, but it really was to help people out there get empowered around their own health and improving it. And like what I call a journey to, you know, health transformation, mm. um, so, but you know, you can, you can look at all that on, on soniahunt.com, but yeah, this is, I, I'm so grateful to have met you and, and these are such important things that we've been talking about today. So thank you so much. Honestly, really appreciate your time and we will put links to all of your stuff in the show notes so that people can find it.
And yeah, thank you so much for, for this conversation. It's been really, really insightful, really useful. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. And I will see you on the next episode.